Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everybody. This is the Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available to you wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. All right, so obviously some hockey stuff to talk about. Preds take on the Boston Bruins last night and get a win, uh, despite the weirdest Nashville Predators squad I think I've seen on the ice in quite some time. Uh, also some big stuff from the past week that we'll talk about, but uh, this is our first show of the week, and I, I think we have explained on Twitter why it's our first show of the week. Uh, obviously people here in Nashville are dealing with the horrible situation uh, at, at the Covenant School in, in Nashville and Green Hills. Uh, and we just, and yesterday, just, we, we couldn't, we couldn't do it. Uh, it just didn't seem right with everything with going on. And um, yeah, I know this, this is something that's touched everybody in Nashville. Uh, if you're listening, this has probably touched you in a way as well. Yeah, we had a conversation about this yesterday and of course we understand that when something like this happens it's also great to have sort of somewhere to go to kind of escape how heavy it is and and we went back and forth about you know is the podcast something that we can do as an escape but here's what's real is that for Nick and I it just was too hard to trans to make that transition yesterday. And so we're coming back today and we find even today, look, this is a really difficult transition for us to make um, because so much has changed in Nashville and in people's lives. And it's hard to go back and talk about something like hockey, which we're both very passionate about, but it's hard to, have a, the same perspective we had last week, this week, as we talk about hockey. So first of all, you know, thank you for tuning in. Bear with us as we kind of navigate a, a challenging day of recording. And also just be mindful. This has been, it's just really hard. You know, I know I can speak from my own perspective as a mother who sends her you know, her kid to school every day. This is truly, um, it is the worst nightmare. It is the worst nightmare. Um, and it's not a nightmare that my mom had, and it's not a nightmare that her mom had, but this is my generation's worst nightmare as parents. Um, and as the mom of a first responder, it is also a nightmare. And, um, you know, we have a connection to somebody who served, at the uh, at the Covenant School after the incident, and just ask you to keep in your thoughts the people who have to pick up pieces and who are trained to heal when they're put in a situation where that's just not an opportunity. And 
everybody comes from all different perspectives on this. You know, I, I don't think you have to spend but 20 seconds on Twitter to understand that there are people who feel very strongly one way or the other. What I will say um, is that something has to be different. And I appreciate and I recognize that we live in a country that was founded on overthrowing oppressive governments and that part of who this nation is in their DNA, that is a part of this nation's DNA and it's part of who we are. And that's why the Second Amendment is so important to so many people. But people also evolve and countries evolve and we have got to do better. We just have to do better. And whatever that looks like to you, I encourage you to take action. And um, we're just going to try to get through the state. I don't know. I mean, we're just going to try to get through this. We're just going to try to get through this. Yeah. Uh, it is becoming a statistical probability that more and more of us are going to be directly impacted by something like this and you know and kind of mentioned it we you know here in the hinder the hockey you know stratosphere we have room for most different opinions yep on, on most different things i think there's some some hard lines on a, a few different things and I, I get it like we are burned out as a society on politics like you know it, it's it's funny how not i mean funny in a very darkest way how we treat this kind of like a hockey recap on twitter where everybody runs and says what should have been done different and you know anxiously waits for the results of what the shooter looked like or what their background was to try to you know kind of jump and gloat and make a point um and, you know, I, everybody is burned out on that, but I don't think it should be a political statement to say that, you know, three nine-year-olds and three other people getting killed in a space where they're supposed to be safe. I don't think it's a political statement to say that shouldn't happen. And, you know, Metro Nashville police rushed in there very, very quickly. Uh, I'm sure some of you have seen the body camera footage. Um, very brave, very, you know, good on them for, for taking this down quickly. But the, the fact is it, it never should have happened in the first place. You know, it doesn't matter if there's a quick response or anything like that, you know, one loss of life inside a school should be a tragedy that needs to be addressed. And Anne said it best. It, it's not political to say that this shouldn't happen. And I think once we realize that this has to stop being a matter of politics and more of an issue of something everybody should get behind, which is finding a way to protect our children, finding a way to keep them out of harm's way and shielding them from people who are getting guns that shouldn't, you know, that shouldn't be a political issue to want that. And that's my takeaway from this is, you know, it's good to see so many people coming together in a situation like this to mourn, to grieve, to share 
stories, to, to, to share fears, to comfort each other in some of our darkest moments. It is great to see that unity across Nashville, but now we need that unity to keep this from happening again. So, you know, I, I get it. Everybody is burned out on, I think, the aftermath that happens. But I, as Anne said, I would ask everybody to put yourself in the shoes of not just the parents who are having to deal with the loss of a child, but other parents who are having to see this every single day on the news and worrying about their kids and this and that. And it's just an exhausting thing. And, you know, there's not much we can do in retrospect to prevent this from happening, uh, but we can do a lot to protect, stop the next one. And I think that's where all of our focus should be, is how do we stop the next one? Uh, there's no easy transition out of this, uh, but this is the Locked on Predators podcast. We do have hockey to talk about. Predators played the Boston Bruins last night and picked up uh, probably their biggest upset win of the season uh, when you put a lot of stuff together. So we are going to talk about that in just one second. First, though, I want to mention today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, we got the college basketball fans know the tournament is heating up, which means no better place to get in on the game action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And that's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right. Nashville Predators take on the Boston Bruins in, boy, was this one of the weirdest games of the season. And uh, a 2-1 win, an upset win. It was Boston's, I think, only fourth loss at home this year. Uh, they they snapped a seven-game winning streak. And as somebody pointed out on Twitter, remember, the, the Preds got – Shmammered at oh, home yeah. just a month ago with their best roster of the season, with the roster that they put in before the season to make a cup run. And then all of a sudden, here comes basically the Milwaukee Admirals featuring Tyson Berry. <laughs> and yes. yeah, and, and the Preds get a get a 2-1 win. And, you know, obviously Saros was a big reason for that. But, you know, for the first two periods, the Preds were going toe to toe with the what may wind up being the best team in NHL history. Yeah, I was kind of laughing last night watching the game. You were saying Tyson Berry to me. I was going with Colton Sissons is the Gladys Knight of, you know, Gladys Knight and the Pips. We've got Colton Sisson in the Pips because, you know, you, you really have – basically the Milwaukee Admirals I did some I did some quick math with the top six so here was the top six for the Nashville Predators you had Igor Afanasiev, Cody Glass, Phil Tomasino, 
Kiefer Sherwood, Tommy Novak, and Luke Evangelista. The average age of Nashville's top six in last night's game was 23 years old. Kiefer Sherwood was our outlier at 27, the old fart. Okay. Yeah. The average number of NHL games in Nashville's top six, 72 NHL games. Now let's take just a just a quick little gander at the Boston Bruins top six. <laughs> the average age of Boston's top six, 30 years old. The average number of NHL games played by, you know, per player of the top six for Boston, 779 games. That's the average number of games played by their top six. So you are really looking at the children beating the grandparents in a game where, like you said, for the first two periods, the Nashville Predators were going shot for shot with the Boston Bruins yeah. for the first two periods. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, the, the third, here come the Boston Bruins. They're like, yeah, no, no. screw that. Not We're today. We're going to put everything we can on net. I think the Preds only finished with three shots on goal in the last period, which is uh, pro probably need to do a little bit better than that. Yeah. Uh, let's let's do a quick breakdown of this game. And so 0-0 end of the first period. Second period, the tie is broken. Cody Glass, right at the depth of the end of the second period, puts one past uh, Linus Allmark, who, as we've mentioned, is probably your runaway favorite for the Vezina Trophy this year. Gets the Predators on the board. Still one nothing for most of the game. And then uh, Cole Smith scores the weirdest <laughs> empty net goal you'll ever see. Uh, kind of the equivalent of the ball hitting Homer Simpson in the softball episode, where it just kind of bounces off him and goes... 200 feet down the ice uh, you know it counts as his goal why not yep uh and then why 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 can the predators not lock up a shutout with less than one second david posternock scores a stinking posternock scores a consolation goal to break uh the the shutout for uc Saros, who still only has one shutout this season nashville predators as a team only have one shutout this season despite having some of the best goaltending play in the entire NHL. Fred's seen cursed in that. So yeah. Fred's win 2-1. Anne, do you have a one word to describe this game? I do have a one word to describe this game. And I will say this. My one word describes this game and just in general where the Predators are. I went into yesterday's game, sat down to do my recap, and literally said, oh, we're going to get creamed. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I just embraced it. I just embraced it. Like, okay, we're going to get creamed. If the, pre you know, if the Predators can stay within, you know, two goals of Boston. It's a win. Kudos. Kudos, boys. This is going to be one of those character wins, you know. But looking back at how this game unfolded, looking at how this Nashville Predators team played, looking at how UC freaking Soros decided he just was not going to give it up. Um, it feels a lot like a scene from Endgame. I mean, we're huge Marvel fans in the house. And so my one word is on your left. In the end of Endgame, you've got what remains of the Avengers trying to battle Thanos. And it feels like everything is lost. It's been a 
brutal battle. The heroes are absolutely overwhelmed. Captain America is bruised. He is battered. He's down on the ground. He slowly pulls himself up. He has been beaten. He tightens the strap on his broken shield. And he just kind of limps back towards this growing army that's facing him. And kind of, he gets this look in his eye like, all right, I'm just, just, I'm going to go till the end. I'm going to go till the end. And then you hear this little static in his comms and you hear, Cap, it's Sam. Can you read me? On your left. And you just see the yellow circles open. Like I get goosebumps just thinking about it. You see little yellow circles open and all of a sudden out comes Black Panther and more yellow circles open and Sam flies out of one. And so all of these superheroes that vanished in the blip are back and they help, you know, fight this battle and overcome Thanos. And so for me, that is what that game was. And that is where the Nashville Predators are right now. The Nashville Predators are on your left. There is no reason for this team to have even been in this game with Boston at all, to be able to match them shot for shot, to even be able to get shots on net, um, for Cody Glass to get a, a, a goal was amazing because let's just talk about what's real. Linus Olmark is an exceptionally good goaltender. He is also a walrus in net. Yes. Like there's just not space. That is a giant. It's like two UC Soros's put together <laughs> in the goal. And, and a small couch. And a small couch, like yeah. all in the goal frame. So there was no easy way to win this battle, but somehow on your left, here comes somebody else. Here comes Luke Evangelista to save the day with UC Saros as the puck kind of slipped to the goal line and Luke Evangelista batted it back through the five hole to keep it from being a goal. That was last night's game. Nashville is broken. Nashville is, is limping to the end of this game. But on your left, here comes somebody from Milwaukee going, okay. Just it's it's insane what yeah. we saw last night. Insane. Yeah. And my one word is something that as a mom, I'm sure you have very familiar with. Uh pantry meals. Oh Lord. <laughs> now everybody knows what this is. This is yep. like it's the end of the week. You don't have time to grocery shop. That's coming up tomorrow. Or, you know, hey, you need your paycheck hits tomorrow. You need just one day of whatever. So what do you do? You go to the pantry and see what do I have that I haven't <laughs> You go to the you go to the fridge and say, okay, what half-eaten monstrosities is there left in here? Uh, and then what you do is you take everything you have left and you basically become a chopped chef, <laughs> where you just look at all of these leftover food items: the half-used box of pasta, uh, the the you know leftover carrots and zucchini from the salads you stopped eating forever ago. Uh, the <laughs> yes. question, yeah, the, the questionable bag of mushrooms that's still, you know, there. And then it's like, okay, how do I turn this into a delicious meal? And you just, you just experiment. You put a little things there, a little things there, throw some spice on it and voila, you've got yourself a pretty decently good meal. Yeah. That everybody can enjoy is and Hey, is it, is it, the most delicious thing is I like eating Wagyu steak. No, but it's fine. Like it's, it's a good eat. And you know what? It puts food on the table 
And boy, don't, don't the Nashville Predators seem like a pantry meal right now? <laughs> That's so I mean, great. <laughs> I mean, you've lost pretty much your entire like t- team at this point. Uh, anybody left is just kind of an up-and-coming player. So what you do is you, you take some young players who are doing good. Cody Glass, Luke Evangelista, Phil Tomasino. You mix them all in with some expanded roles for some of the remaining veteran role players like Colton Sissons and uh, Yakov Trenin and Cole Smith. You just mix it all together, throw some Tyson Berry in there as a good base, some Dante <laughs> Fabro, and then sprinkle some UC Saros on top to make it all palatable. And it comes together in a pretty decently good, delicious dinner game. Yes. Like in here is the foundational component is you've got to have like cream of mushroom soup or cream of celery soup. The soup is key. That the is soup is key. Yeah, yeah. I think UC Saros has proven himself to be cream of cream of celery soup because he just makes everything a meal. He makes everything a game. And what what Saros faced in that third period was brutal. It was brutal and not because, and I will say this, it was not because the players in front of him, the Predators players in front of him were like, well, we did pretty good and now we're tired. I mean, they were still fighting, but Boston came out of that second intermission and they were flat mad friends. They were flat mad. Yeah. And let's let, how's that for a storyline too, is UC Saros outdueled the guy who's probably going to be the Vezina Trophy winner this year. I mean, I would be absolutely shocked if it's not Linus Olmark. Yes. The trophy winner. But, yes. you know, doesn't that say something about the quality of goaltender the Preds have when you're able to go out and beat the best team in the NHL, maybe the best team in NHL history, depending on how this last week of the season goes, at least statistically, beat them with goaltending. Yeah. Well, and so much about this season for the Nashville Predators, you know, when Philip Forsberg went down, you said, well, hey, look, we've still got Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne and Roman Yossi. And then Ryan Johansson went down. You're like, hey, you know what? We still got veteran in Matt Duchesne. We still have Roman Yossi. We still have UC Sarosinet. And then Roman Yossi went down. We're like, well, we got Matt Duchesne. And then Matt Duchesne went down and we're like, Everybody, welcome to the UC Sorrow show. Yeah. He is the last man standing. But you know what? Last night, he was the guy we needed. Yeah, he was the equivalent of um, the the Donald Glover gif where he's just walking in with a box of pizzas into like the <laughs> yes. room. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he that he was that was his game last That's night. That's his gig. Uh, and who who or what else stood out to you last night? You know, I do want to give a shout out. I talked about it just briefly, but I want to give a shout out to Luke Evangelista because he did have this incredible play where the the puck went past Saros and Evangelista, and they had to show it in slow motion to make sure that he hadn't that the Bruins hadn't scored a goal, but he got his stick behind and cleared the puck out to keep the Bruins from scoring a goal. Great move. The other thing I want to say that really surprises me about Luke Evangelista, and I'm not over it yet, this kid is 21 years old, and he is playing with the swagger of one twice his age. Luke Evangelista has come to Nashville, and he has played for the Predators in a way where 
the moment has never seemed too big for him. He has not seemed intimidated. You know, of course, we talk about that great hit he had on Malkin against the the Penguins, and he got chirped at by Sidney Crosby, and he was kind of tickled by it because he had watched them growing up, which I thought was amazing. But yeah. this game has not been too big for him, and the role that he's been forced to play, he just seems very comfortable going out on the ice he does need a little bit more meat on his bones. The mom in me is like, for the love of God, somebody carb load that child, get some padding on him. But he plays so hard. He is not afraid to take shots. I think we've seen some players, even some veteran players this season who have been hesitant to shoot the puck. Luke Evangelista is not hesitant to shoot the puck. This is a young man who is where he feels like he needs to be. And he's holding his own so well. Uh, great game last night by Evangelista. Is this last half of the season for the Nashville Predators with all these injuries and all these trades, do you think it's low-key been a blessing in disguise for for maybe the long-term development of the Nashville Predators? I, I mean, look, you know, it sucks not having Philip Forsberg out there or, you know, Ryan Johansson, but I don't think you have to be a well-learned historian of the Nashville Predators to know those guys probably aren't playing the minutes or situations that they are right now without some holes in the lineup. And, you know, you mentioned Luke Evangelista kind of playing with that swagger, kind of playing a little bit of YOLO hockey where he just gets the puck, crashes the net, see, you know, kind of sees what happens. I mean, he's got a responsible game, but he's also, as you said, not afraid to kind of step up and be that guy to just carry that offensive play and just kind of drive to the net. You know, if I keep thinking back and it's like, okay, if this were, you know, Luke Evangelista on a call up in December, does he have that leash from John? Or is he just kind of, you know, is he kind of, you know, playing vague third line minutes and the second he crashes the net and it doesn't go well, is he on the bench for the rest of the game? And, you know, you you have other, you know, third liners playing double minutes or something like that. I think everybody know the situations we're kind of referring to there, but, you know, you see a player like Luke Evangelista playing the way he's playing. And you see guys like Cody glass really stepping up and kind of being the main facilitator on this team. Same for somebody like Phil Tomasino who played the most ice time of any forward last night, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody who's willing to kind of, be the main playmaker for this team uh that doesn't quite happen with, no. without some of these injuries and i'll tell you what Ann, i look on defense too uh you know the preds got ryan mcdonough back which that's a big thing but you know dante fabro jeremy lazan you know some of these guys that you kind of forgot about that were maybe trade fodder that maybe you're not happy with them kind of being in the position they are playing some of their best hockey that I've ever seen them play in a Preds uniform. Yeah. Well, they've stepped up and, you know, there's some things that you kind of wish would improve, like getting outshot the entire third period. But (laughs) overall, you know, these are guys that you kind of forgot about on defense, stepping up and proving, Hey, this moment's not too big for us. If you need us, to elevate where we are. If you need us to kind of jump beyond our role, we're your guys. Yeah. 
if you think about it and it and look it stinks to have as many injuries as the predators do but if you think about it how fortunate you know what the the silver lining of all of this is that David Poyle and Barry Trotz are going to go into this draft in Nashville and they are going to know exactly what they have in the pipeline coming up in the next 2 to 3 years they yeah. know exactly what they have and while it stinks that it's come around the way that it has there is a silver lining to this, especially as Nashville is revamping and kind of retooling this entire roster. Now, here's a question I got into a huge debate with someone over last night. So let's just see where we are. All right. If you, if Philip Forsberg is well enough, and let's just, this all hinges on if he is well enough. You never put a player back in before they're ready. But if Philip Forsberg is well enough, do you bother putting him back in the lineup or do you just leave him out the rest of the season? Oh, if, if he's healthy and ready to play, then you play him. Thank you. I feel like that's no question. Uh, I feel like the only reason you don't play Philip Forsberg if this is if he's healthy like yes. quote unquote healthy, like he's ready to play, but still, you know, kind of feeling the effects of, you know, whatever his upper body injury is, um, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, he's come close to coming back and has been skating with the team and has now kind of been put back on the shelf, probably not good sign there. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, if he's 100%, if he's ready to go, if he feels no lasting impact of whatever injury you have, I mean, it doesn't hurt to put him in the lineup and see, okay, we've built this good team of young players who are having some chemistry. Who's somebody that can fit with Philip Forsberg next season? Ah, you know, we, we know yeah. we know he's been, you know, lining it up with Cody Glass in the second half of the season, but who else? Yeah. You know, it could could uh somebody like, you know. Luke Evangelista be kind of the razzle dazzle on the right side of that line. Do you have Phil Tomasino kind of step up and be the other playmaker who's trying to set up Philip Forsberg? It's, it's worth experimenting with, but if, if there's any indication at all that he's still a little bit banged up, uh, no, right. I don't think you can have Philip Forsberg on the ice. Yeah. I've heard people say leave Forsberg out and let these young guys finish out this season, but I'm with you how valuable would it be to see who fits with Philip Forsberg? Because Philip Forsberg is kind of a unique player in the Predators roster. Who who works best with him? And if you have four or five games, two or three games even, where you have a 100% healthy Philip Forsberg, I say put him in. But I've heard a lot of people say, leave, just let him let him. Let him go. Don't put him back in this season. But I'm like, let's see what we've got. We've got a really good idea of what we have in these young players. Let's start seeing who plays well off of some of the guys who are veterans who are going to be a huge part of the Predators as they kind of do their reset going forward. So I'm here to see it when he's healthy. Yeah. Uh, when he's healthy. That's when the he's healthy. Word. Uh, hey, by the way, Nashville Predators. <laughs> Once again, control their playoff fates. 82 points, two games in hand on Winnipeg, who's got 85. Also, two games in hand to Calgary, who's right in front of them. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going, like, I'm not going to make any predictions. And I am just saying, 
that is the case right now. The Nashville Predators are back to controlling their playoff fates. I don't even know what to say to that. You know, there are so many, regardless of scores and outcomes, we're learning so much. And this, for as difficult a situation as this is, like we said earlier, this is going to benefit the Nashville Predators looking forward. But it does make a person giggle. This just makes a person giggle. <laughs> it has been a weird, weird, weird season, folks. Weird. Uh, it really has. And tomorrow they play the Pittsburgh Penguins, the fighting Mikhail Granlins, oh, uh, who are kind of in an absolute tailspin right now as yeah. they're trying to fight for their playoff lives. Uh, here's another fun stat. Nashville Predators right now, more wins than the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> That delights me as somebody who is from Northwestern Pennsylvania and has survived Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins fans at family reunions. <laughs> yeah, Nashville Predators, 82 points this season. Pittsburgh Penguins, 82 points this season. Nashville has played one fewer game. The Predators have a better points percentage than Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins who are in the playoffs right now. Nothing about this year makes sense, people. Nope. So let's just let's just all sit back, enjoy the ride, and see where it goes, shall we? Good, good. All right, and where can people find your work? <laughs> you can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ank underscore mama nice. You can find me on Twitter at underscore ns morgan. For the last time today, you can also find me at onthefourcheck.com. Nick news coming up uh, at some point this week. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore predators. And however you're listening to us, whether you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform or watching us on YouTube, be sure to hit subscribe. That way you'll always know when we have fresh stuff out for you. That's going to do it for us on today's locked on predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back with an all new episode tomorrow. We'll see you then.